Right, so anyway, just for clarification, this is Bill, this is Jordan, and this is Stu, and we haven't quite got them in generational order, but you can see that um, they do represent across the spectrum of generations of dads and fathers, which is pretty exciting. So we'll start with Bill, the senior, the most wisest, respected, revered. Whoa. Bill, tell us a bit about, about, bit about yourself, give us sort of like your family background, kids, etc., that sort of stuff. Well, I was born in a family of all boys, um, and then I married and had three girls, bang, 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 in a row. So I was well prepared for that, <laughs> and then we had a son. So, um, yes, four adult children, and they've all grown up now, and um, we had 11 grandies. So there's another part of yeah. being a dad. Yeah, an exciting part too. Exactly right. Jordan, what about you? What's your sort of family situation? So I've got um, two young girls, um, two bangs, five and eight years old. I've only been qualified as a dad for eight years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, do you have a wife? Uh, yes, I've got a wife. Yes. <laughs> Samantha, yep, one of the, my, my helper, you could say. Cool. Awesome. Partner. Yep. And Stu, what about yourself? Yeah, um, I've got married to uh, Sarah over here. Um, second marriage, so I'm, I'm, uh, I've got two of my own daughters, Hannah and Becca, who I keep calling by the wrong name. <laughs> and uh, and they're obviously, you know, uh, yeah, teenagers. teenagers. So yeah, you've had them for a good 14 years. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yep. Uh, Hannah's just had a birthday, 14, and Becca's 17, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good. And um, I've got three, <laughs> three stepsons. Um, so two of them are in their twenties, mid to late twenties. Josh and Ben, and then there's Jack, who's also seventeen, I think. Ten, sixteen, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just left home to to stay with his stepbrothers in Dunedin. So cool. So yeah, so it's eclectic. Lots yeah. going on. Yeah, it's it's a different situation. Yeah. So Stu, tell us, just in your humble opinion, what do you think the best thing is about being a father? Um, well, I sort of treasure moments like with Becca. Going away on a hunting trip, just the two of us, and shooting a deer and butchering it and handling the the bloody meat. Yep. And the her back straps. Her yep, yep, back straps and back legs and throwing them out and she was holding them all bloody and I was quite proud of her and it was raining and it was starting to get cold. Oh. And we dropped her uh, dropped her bedroll actually somewhere on the track on a Ford Ford um, ATV. So she had to sleep on her clothes, but I had to get off myself there. <laughs> So we woke up the next morning to deep snow, um, and yeah, it was just a real adventure getting out, so I'll treasure that with Becca. Yeah, cool. And good memories. Yeah, and with Hannah, I had a road trip going up to buy the Jag up in oh, yeah. Auckland a few years ago, and driving home with her, spending a few days, so that, w that was good. And Jack, Jack shooting his first bunny, yeah. and uh, Joshy shooting his, taking him out and shooting his first deer, and just seeing him go through all those motions, that was all pretty exciting. So it's one of those sort of firsts that, as a dad, you're there for and, yeah. you know, tracking alongside and just seeing them also gain a bit of independence too. Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, Becca is very introverted and, um, you know, just the other week she had a photography thing down at the um, golf club and I took her down there in the dark and there's no one there she knew and there's no lights on. And I said, do you want me to come in? She said, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know, two or three years ago you couldn't get her to you know, yep. stand up and say something, you know, yep. so it was, it was really good. Cool progress. Jordan, yeah. what about you? Best thing? So for me, it's far less violence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but it's fine. It's, it's the constant cuddle, because I've got two girls, I yeah. just love it, and they're like my number one fan club. Yeah. So Sam reckons that their day's made when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like chaos, I just love it. Cool, awesome. Bill, what about you? What's the best thing about being a dad? Well, granddad. It is the love of family, and, and you know, it's brought to me, just recently I lost a brother, and and that was tough, because he's a, was a big part of our family. But the way my kids were around was the best. Mm. Humbling, isn't it? So, is there anything that's not so great about being a father? Jordan, any thoughts? Oh, I've seen them disappointed and um, upset with yeah. things that life throws at them. And you just can't do anything about that. Just pray for them. But all you can do Dads is like to fix you. things, don't they? I like to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you can fix almost anything. Almost everything except yeah. a broken heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu, what about you? What's the worst thing you reckon? Money. <laughs> Money. Yeah, kids are very expensive. Right. And, and okay. as Bill, just talking to Bill before, before we got up here, and um, as I said, you know, Stuart doesn't get better as you get older. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a rumour that your nickname in the family is The Wallet. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> Not the most endearing nickname, but anyway, no, no, let's no. track across the generation. Yeah. So this, I'm very interested for your answers on this. Do you think that today's fathers have ha have it harder or easier or just different from previous generations? Bill, we'll start with you. What do you reckon? Well, I think I belong to the privileged generation, basically, because, um, you know, my father's generation, they had war, they had depression. Mm -hmm. And I think the fathers today have more pressures and disruptions of society than we ever had. Mm. I was protected, okay. no doubt about it. Yep, and yep. that's just the time and the culture. Jordan, yep. what about you? You're, you're so from South Africa, yep. so there's a different sort of perhaps cultural aspect there, I don't know. Well, so far. Okay, yeah. yep. I'd say we, we've got it harder as fathers today. Um, I remember my dad not having a phone come home at two o'clock and say, oh, there's a couple of messages to go and do a job later. Oh, I'll spend time with the family. Yeah. And today we just go, 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 go. And then when you get home, you find it's pressure. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. So. so it's a bit of a time squeeze, Stu. What would you say? Yeah, I would say it's just different. I mean, right. um, you know, people in Africa, their big number one is keeping the kids fed and mm -hmm. clothed. And, you know, as Bill said, you know, some places of the country still today, it's just surviving. Mm. I mean, when you put it in context, you know, we're more pressured and we're busier, or well, we seem to be busier and busier, but, you know, really what's more important is, you know, you, you've got that sort of triangle pyramid of, you know, food, clothing, shelter. Mm. Um, while we seem to have a lot of modern pressures, um, yeah, I think we can't, I think it's difficult to say it's harder today, but there's always okay. different kind of yeah. things. Bill, you talked a little bit about your, your father and his generation and stuff. I just want to kind of drill down a little bit and um, just see if there was anything that your parents did when you were a, a kid that you were like, I'm never going to do that as a parent, and then now you do it. Is there anything that kind of fit, fits in that category? There is. <laughs> when um, I was playing in the Midwits final, my mother came onto the field and gave me a kiss. <laughs> Really? In the middle of the game? 
at the end of the game right. in front of all the mates. All the boys, yep. 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 <laughs> and you know what? What? I've been known to go on to the netball court and give my girls a bit <laughs> of a cuddle tea. Nice. Stu, what about you? Is there anything that you're like, no way, I'm never going to do that, and then you find yourself surprisingly doing it? Um, yeah, when I, when I was a kid, especially at primary school, um, all my mates played rugby at the weekend. Um, we were on a farm, and mum and dad didn't have a lot of, like, they were actually farm managers sort of thing. They didn't have a lot of money, so they didn't want to run me round. This was Carlos Day's time, so um, petrol's pretty expensive in those days. So the only reason I got to play rugby when I was sort of Form 1 was because the coach lived up the road, so mm -hmm. he had to pick me up. I wasn't allowed to go, and I thought, man, my kids, they're going to be allowed to play sport. Mm -hmm. Well, roll on. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Hannah's played two seasons of netball. I haven't seen a game yet because I've yep. been working busy doing other stuff, which is pretty bad. I know as a dad. Um, a lot of people today, especially people that aren't religious, sport is their religion. Mm. So not going to see your children play sport on a Saturday is like a, a Christian never going to church. Yep. So, um, yeah, some people are quite disgusted at that. But, and, you know, 20 years ago, I would have been, or 30 years ago, I would have been disgusted at that too. But it's just, I'm doing exactly the same as my dad. I've just got dry ties, I've got things to do, I've got firewood to cut, I've got jobs to get out the door. And, uh, got to keep the family warm, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay, so it's plenty of those sorts of things. Hey, I want to drill down into some um, texts from the Bible, which talk a little bit about fatherhood and, and different reflections on that. So the first one is this. Uh, it's from Psalm 103. So I won't read it out earlier. Uh, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Now, I wonder, Jordan, if you've got any thoughts on why you think God is often portrayed as being father-like in the Bible. Why do you think that? So I think your father would be someone that you, you look up to, mm -hmm. protector, comforter, someone you admire, um, and you just feel safe when you're around them. Good. <laughs> yeah, and those are certainly qualities, characteristics that of, of God as portrayed in the Bible, right? Yeah, we, we try, yeah. Are they sort of qualities and characteristics that you try to put yeah. into your life for your children? Yeah, I think also having patience. God's got a lot of patience with us. Yeah. Um, this is again from my help. And Sam says that he sees me reflecting extreme patience with them. Uh, she just cool. doesn't have that sort of patience with them. And uh, yeah, I just it, I think God's got heaps of patience with us, heaps mm. of time for us. Mm. Um, and, and in today's society, you hear people listen to answer. Mm -hmm. They're not listening to that person. I, I find that I've got to listen to my kids, listen to what they're saying, not just to answer them with what's right. Or, or what you think or they react. need to hear. People, yeah. are, people are listening today to react, which yeah. I just believe yeah. is wrong. wrong. Bill, what do you think? Why, why do you think God is often portrayed as being like a father in the Bible? It's um, unconditional love. Mm. Mm. It's ongoing. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay, speaking of that love, I want to um, expand it a little bit. So in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon gives uh, a big sort of 
speech to his sons all about wisdom. So this is what uh, we read. My child, listen to me and do as I say. I will teach you wisdom ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. And so Solomon's instructing his sons here and really trying to give them just an appreciation of wisdom and the importance of it for everyday life. So um, Stu, have you ever had just a really wise piece of advice that just made a huge difference in your life? Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff? Yeah. Um, parents, typical, you know, first kid comes along, you're just all over them. You're just like, you know, like, listen, get your baby on here, do this, do that. Second one comes along, it's like, don't dare turn that thing on, I'll see them tonight. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, you're way more relaxed. Yep. And and I guess that's why, you know, firstborns can be a bit uptight of the kids themselves, you know, because right. they, they've had all that sort of attention, you know, yep. and the second one comes along and, you know, you just got to go with the flow. I mean, it's, most dads just wing it. And what what number child top. are you? I'm the middle. Oh, right, okay, that's all good. Cool. Yeah, 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 so I had a, you know, terrible older sister and a terrible younger brother. <laughs> but you're the perfect child. Well, that's right, yeah. so yeah. they struck it good once, but, yeah. so, you know. Jordan, have you, any, have you had any wisdom? old world <laughs> to learn something new yeah never too old to learn something new that's good we're learning every day yeah cool phil what about you well i remember fondly a wonderful old godly man whom i re respected immensely and he always interacted with the children no matter where he was he would kneel down to their level showed a genuine interest in them and he listened and, and as Jordan said, he didn't listen to give an answer. He listened to hear what they would say. And I think that was wisdom by example. And I've never forgotten that. And I'm sure our children need to have their voices heard. Mm, they do. And he showed that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're good at con continuing on that, Bill. So, so here's your moment, Bill. If there was one piece of advice that you think our world needs to hear, what is it? Listen to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Even if she's running on the field to give you a big kiss, you got to listen to her. Jordan, what do you reckon we need to hear today? Maybe as a world, as a society, culture, whatever. Stop the, um, the problem, or the answer to the problem with sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good one for fathers on Father's Day, isn't it? Yeah. Nice. June, what about you? Um, I'd say read your history. Okay. Because, um, you know, as generations, it must frustrate God something terrible when he sees generation after generation just going through the same mistake. And we know ourselves, you, you learn a lesson by, the best lessons you learn are when you make a mistake and it costs you in some way. You learn not to do that again. Yeah. I mean, your father or your mother can tell you time and time again, don't do this, this is what will happen. And you, yeah, 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 mum, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go and do it, and then bang, it hits you. And you think, hmm, they actually knew more than I thought. So, um, you know, if you, I think reading history and looking at past people's mistakes in history is good. And the Bible's full of it. Man after my own heart's due. Mm. I love that. Radio. I'm going to go to a very famous classic text which um, says something about fathers and how we're supposed to interact with our kids. Fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, 
bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. We were talking about this the other day, and uh, my wife thought it was hilarious that, um, you know, it was just directed at fathers. Clearly, they exasperate their children, you know, provoke them to anger, etc. There was nothing in there about the ladies. So, but I think the key text is actually the second sentence, you know, bring them up with the discipline and instruction. So, um, Jordan, what do you think are some of really the only the unique things that a father can can bring to or for his children? For me, a huge thing is respect. Um, just have respect for anybody, no matter how low they are, how high they are. You, you, you can interact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've tried to lead by example mm. with, with my family, just by, just by doing respecting it. people. Yeah, cool. Stu, what do you think? What is something that only a father can really bring their children? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's it's a man sort of thing. That you, men tend to be very sort of tunnel vision, focus on one thing, and they do one thing very well, but give them three tasks to do at once, and they sort of stuff them all up. So you're not very good at multitasking? Is that what you're no, saying? that would be a fair comment. Um, okay. And, <laughs> and I think that would be true for most men. And I think, you know, like when you see solo dads bringing up kids, you know, the kids can be quite sort of, um, you know, hard or read it, but they, they lack the mother's softness, and a lot of a lot of solo mums, they come up and the kids lack that guidance that the father gives, so I, I think the, the, the family, you know, mother and father, you know, it's, a balancing, act, it's right? a balancing act, and it's, it's very important in yeah. both. Yeah. Okay, cool. Phil, what about you, what do you think is something that a father can really only bring to his children? Okay, we'll come back to you. Um, so, just coming back to you, Stu, and your, your sort of point there about the balancing and the, what a father brings, what a mother brings, is that something that, as best you can, you've tried to put into practice? Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and having a mixed family, um, very interesting. Uh, that's probably the toughest thing, uh, bringing up kids, is, is, is the problems. You always see the problems in your partner's children before you see the problems in your own, mm-hmm. so I'm told. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and it's true, you know. Um, well, that's just how it is, isn't it? The reality it of life, the challenges. It's the reality the of life. Dynamics, yep. And, you know, all the arguments that Sarah and I have, not that we argue a lot, but um, are just about, inevitably, about the other one's children. Mm. Um, so, you know, a mixed family is, is harder work than yep. a um, normal yeah, but you've worked through that, which is really, really cool. Bill, back on track? Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yep. Okay, good. So, can you remember the question I asked you? No. Okay. <laughs> it was but I've got the answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, something to do with what... <laughs> you always have the answer, Bill. I should have just known that. Uh, what, what's something that fathers can uniquely bring to their children for their family, etc.? Well, I think it's been very important for me as they grew up to treat them equally. Mm. You know, you, as Stu mentioned, you bring up your first kid, you're, you're like a, a brooding hen, if you like, and then your second child, the boundaries are stretched. By the time you get to the fourth, the boundaries, are, they've found the boundaries, <laughs> I tell you, and they're getting further and further away. But they, they remember... You know, you're always hard on me. Why was that? Well, you're always a little bashful. You know. <laughs> but I've found it very important that you treat them all equally. Mm. 
And if you do for one, you do it for them all. And, and that comes with your time. And, and I think time is one of those things that slips away. And I know, looking back, you think, man, I should have spent more time with that person. But you didn't have the time. So you just had to make it. But, yeah, yeah, equal. You love them equally. Awesome, Bill. Yes. We've struck gold getting you on the panel, Bill. I'm pretty stoked. Right. Now, what about this one here? So this is, again, something that's rolled out. um, And, yeah, it's just got an interesting kind of thing to it. So direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. This is coming from Proverbs. Now, my question around this text is this. Do you think this is a promise, like it's 100% always true, or is it more of a principle where it's, um, it's sort of a good idea but doesn't always work out in reality? What do you think, Jordan? I think it's a promise. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you've, in your observations, your experience, you've seen this work itself out? Yes. I was um, brought up in a Christian home um, and gone to Sunday school, done the normal Christian things and then stray away from the path a little and start working and get away but never too far away that he's lost you or you've lost you and you'll always find your way back you're always um, those those roots that were planted or those seeds that were planted as a youngster would always be there calling you sort of good thing good foundation good foundation and yeah mm-hmm. Bill what do you think do you think it's a, a promise or sort of more of a principle? Um, I would like to think it's a promise, but I actually believe it's a principle. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're all given our own choices to make, rightly or wrongly, and I'm, I'm very much aware that others, other than my parents, have played a big part in, in who I am. But I'm also aware that my parents have formed a lot of my character. So, uh, I, if I could claim that promise, I would love to claim that promise for mm. my children if they don't always follow the seeds path. Like, like you said, they've got to make their own choices. Absolutely. Um, but beneath that, they know where I stand, yep. and I pray every day that they would make those right choices. Stu, mm. your thoughts? Yeah, um... Well, I was brought up in Christadelphia, and uh, I mean, I think it's a principle too. I mean, it, it would be nice to be a promise, and for those that have chosen, it is a promise. And, but I think it's a principle because, um, well, I knew a family in Dunedin uh, when I was a teenager, and they were very strict bringing their kids up. And I've seen it in a couple of families, actually, where they've brought the kids up, and then the oldest one's hit about 16, 17, and they've absolutely rebelled, thrown Christianity out the window and gone wild and never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ones, you know, so I think you can be too strict. Um, you've got to give them a bit of, bit of leeway, so that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. I mean, other members of my family are still, you know, Christian, yeah, yeah. but uh, I think you can be too, you've got to let them feed your limbs a bit and then pull them in, but at the end of the day, it's down to the individual, so... Mm. Okay. Cool. Good insights. Now, this is um, our last text, which sort of comes at the end of a very well-known story. It's called The Prodigal Son, and um, Jesus tells a story about this, this guy who's gone off, spent all the family money, and then come back. And this is how the father responds. 
While he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now, I don't know about you, but is that that's probably not our natural response, right? Stu, you and I were talking about this this week. If your son had gone off and spent a whole lot of the family fortune and he came back, is that what you'd do? No. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. I'd be the first... I think you'd come to that. You would end up in that situation, but the initial reaction would be extreme anger and disgust. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he would have to be doing a fair bit to get back into my good books. Um, certainly you wouldn't see him starved. He wouldn't be leading them in the pigsty to feed sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, he would have to work back in. And, um, you know, if it was an inheritance sort of thing, I'd be saying, right, you're starting at scratch. <laughs> you get 50% of what happens yeah. now. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Not having yeah. another crack at 50% or whatever, you know. So. But see, in this story, like, Jesus inverts everything and the father runs back and he's just filled with generosity and compassion. Jordan, I mean, what does that say to you? How does that kind of... To me, that's just what a father is. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's nothing was too... Or nothing was unforgivable. It's just, that's what a father is. And it's, and it's a phenomenal example, isn't mm. it? And I, I suppose... A, uh, just a, a hint of what God is like for us. Bill, do you think this kind of, well, how do you think this compares with sort of the normal portrayal of men in our society? I mean, we don't sort of see men running out, you know, showing compassion and bringing people back in if they've been terribly disrespectful stuff. How do you think it sort of fits? Well, I think myself that unconditional love is a prerequisite to becoming a father. So I would hope that our children are always welcome in our place, regardless. But I also see what's happened in society in that um, too often we see this tough love. They talk of this tough love. Mm -hmm. And tough love is necessary, but you are going against... The, it's not the rejection of the child. It's only the rejection of the unacceptable behaviour. So I, think, I don't think there's a father, a genuine father, that would not have unconditional love for their children, but not their actions. So I would hope that society has accepted that um, the prodigal son. Mm. Yeah, always welcome. Always welcome in my house anyway. Good to know. So if you're hungry, head to Bill. <laughs> hey, so last couple of questions. Um, and this is just a really personal question. <coughs> what type of legacy are you wanting to leave for your children? Jordan, I mean, your children are quite young, so there's obviously a fair bit more time mm. for you to invest in them. What, what are you trying to leave for them? So for me, it would be that life's meant to be fun, if you know me. Yeah, it's good. And live your life. Go on adventures. Go do stuff. Just have fun. Cool. Stu, your um, legacy? Well, just to hopefully have good good values, you know, brought up in, in the way and, um, yeah, treat others as you want to be treated and, yeah, don't stomp on anybody. Cool, okay. Bill, what about you? You've had quite a long time to see a, a legacy be established, so what, what's it sort of, how's it kind of panning out? I don't think my legacy is important at all, other than pointing to my belief in Christ, really. And if you can leave your children knowing who you believe, 
There is the hope. Yeah. There is the hope. Totally. Absolutely. Cool. So, final thing that this is your chance, this is your opportunity to give us a top tip. What's your top tip for, for fathers here? Last thing you want us to remember. Stu, we'll start with you. Don't sweat the small stuff and yeah. don't eat all your chocolate at once. Don't eat all your chocolate at once. Okay, <laughs> good. Like that. Jordan? So, I've got two. It's teach your children to be respectful. Yep. So, if they do things out of love and not fear, and then ask your Lord for wisdom and direction. And Bill, your top tip? I've already said it. Ask your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your mother. Listen to your mother. She's, she's, she's an amazing lady. Hey, look, I really want to say thank you, all three of you guys, for just taking the time to share with us because um, I don't know about you, but I found those very insightful um, and just, you know, real, you know, real and refreshing of what it means to be a dad, a guy in our society. So thank you very much. You can show your appreciation. I just want to um, sort of finish off by reminding you of that story that we've just got the very end of it there and, and that prodigal son story for about 2,000 years has been a great reminder of how God accepts us with open arms if we humble ourselves before him and um, he's just like Bill said that unconditional love is phenomenal but I think there's something also quite interesting to know and that actually the prodigal son story could also equally be called the prodigal father story because the word prodigal means extravagant and in the story the father was extravagant with his love and his mercy and his grace and um, for his son he just totally opened up his house again to his son, which is not our natural initial response. And I don't know if some of you have experienced that sort of grace before. Perhaps your earthly father was critical or condescending. Perhaps he was abusive or absent. But I think it's important to know that as Jesus pictures this prodigal father, this extravagant love and grace in the story, it's a it's a picture, a reflection of who God is towards us. And so I just wanted to let you know that God is not like our earthly fathers. He's so much more. Some of them are great, but God is far more than that. He's full of mercy, full of love, full of compassion, full of generosity, full of grace and full of truth. And if you don't know that about God, then I really want to encourage you this morning to find that out, to do some investigating, to maybe put aside your preconceived ideas and explore who God really is and how he w is inviting you into a relationship. So if you want to talk about that, feel free to come and chat with myself, someone with the blue tag, or we've got a prayer team over here in the corner. I'm sure you'd be welcome to chat with Bill or Stu or Jordan again. They've just, you know, shared some fantastic insights with us. So uh, let me just kind of wrap things up as we pray and, um, yeah, just remember some important things. God, thanks for this day where we can celebrate and honour the men amongst us. We can just be reminded of their roles and responsibilities and, and how um, yeah, they're trying to do that to the best of their abilities. We also want to acknowledge too that you are the one who is where, where true fatherhood is really, really found. And that we can find mercy, we can find grace, we can find truth and love in your arms as you open wide and, and seek to embrace us comfort us and give us the compassion and generosity that knows no bounds. We want to simply put our trust in you 
as we live each day for your namesake and for your glory. Amen.